Welcome to Game Table, Tri-State's one and only nerd culture podcast. From movies to anime to video games, board games, comic books, and everything in between, we envy one shop shop for all you care about. We read everything, watch everything, and we sit through uncomfortable movies so we can keep you more informed about your entertainment dollars. I am Doug. I am with Anthony today. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How about you, Doug? Doing all right. So... Uh, we passed the moratorium on talking spoilers because we gave everybody the week or so to get out and see Joker. We got out to see it first, um, the first night, Thursday night, yep. 7 p.m., right down at our Triple Crown Cinema here in Keokuk. And um, the most startling thing was after Endgame, uh, we walked in. We were the only people there for a little bit. Yes, uh, we, which was a little bit surprising, but... Um, <laughs> You know, people started to kind of filter in. Yeah. We weren't the only ones there watching the movie. But but then once we reflected on the fact that um, it, there was the homecoming parade that was going on at the mm-hmm. time, um, the Cardinals were in play, going to be in the playoff for the first game of the playoff. Um, there was a few other myriads of things going around town. So I can see why this wasn't the full house as um, Endgame was. Right. Um, so... Walking into it, uh, we saw the trailers. I believe we were both optimistic. Yeah, uh, yeah. we we felt pretty good about it. Um, I, I I don't know if I say I was looking forward to it. Yeah, I would not say that I was looking forward to it. I mean, you, but it, it was one of those movies that you that I walked in going, yeah, this has potential to be good. Um, this is going to be interesting. Yep, and. Um, this also goes back to, you know, the DC effect of, like, it's a DC movie, so the bar is pretty... The pretty, bar the bar is low. <laughs> yeah, the bar was pretty low. So we walked in there, and we kind of, you know, read the high, you know previews of, you know, it's dark, it's gritty, it's violent, be prepared, you know, that type of stuff. So walk in, it, it wasn't like I was like, oh, let's go see this one on a random chance. We, 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 we knew what we're getting into. Yeah, we did some, our research... <laughs> going into this. So, um, shoot. And I, um, so going into this, we got Todd Phillips who did the hangover and old school and more comedy than not. Yeah. I think he did due date, which is a horror in the box office, but not really a horror movie per se. And then we got Joaquin Phoenix and we got De Niro and we got, Another good about a cast, but those are about the only ones, you know, except for when Mark Marin showed up at the end and kind of threw you out of it for a second. Right. He was the assistant producer, whatever. But everybody else, um, those are the big names. De Niro, Joaquin Phoenix, Joker. Boom. So, um, I don't know. You want to go through it or do you just want to talk thoughts? Well, um, hmm. Well, let, well let's talk about what we like. Let's, let's talk about what we liked. Yeah. I think the setting, the 1970s New York slash Gotham, um, fit perfectly. You could get that feel. You got that taxi driver feel. Uh, You know, unfortunately, both of us are born in the late 70s, so we don't know it exactly. But we know it from the shows and, you know, seeing it. You know, it's the dirty New York City. It's the, uh, you know, grimy. And they're talking about the strike, garbage strike. And everybody... Whoops. Whoops. Well, we'll have to add that up. Uh, but it's the grimy New York City. It's, you know, back when crime and, you know, there was illicit materials down in Times Square. It felt yeah. perfectly. Yes, I, I could not agree more. The The atmosphere was great. And I'm going to take it a step to 
the music. Oh, the yeah. the music set the atmosphere that you knew something bad was going to happen. It, it it almost gave the feeling of Jaws like mm-hmm. type of um, uh, soundtrack, and I just loved it. And it was mostly just an ins- instrumental, which mm-hmm. kind of goes back to like the Dark Knight Returns with the ominous bombs and the booms, you know, the big tones. But this was or- ex- orchestral type noises as right. well. Um, but yeah, the mu- without the music. It would play different. Yes. And, you know, it, I've already seen the meme of people sending around putting in Seth Rogen's laugh to the Joker's laugh, and it just um, doesn't have the same feeling, if you right. want to go. Um, but the setting and the music was, it really puts you in the time and place. I thought, you know, the costuming was great. I mean, because it really felt that, you know, era. And I really got a kick out of the um, Johnny Carson set, the Nino Nero set, because that yes. was. Jack Parset, De Niro set, whatever you want to call it. Um, I remember that set. I remember those curtains. So that felt very authentic to me and kind of the whole vibe of that era. Um, I think the other thing we need to talk about is Joaquin Phoenix was a force to be reckoned with on the screen. Um, I, I think that I mean, he gave a performance of his life here, um, gave different aspects of, of Joker um that that pretty much on on the screen we have not ever really seen before and it almost left you thinking you know feeling sorry for him at the beginning but right. then you know you knew something was off <laughs> and obviously uh but it, it was a totally different joker than we have seen on the screen before um the laugh was <laughs> the the <laughs> laugh in my mind in, in my opinion uh besides mark hamill right, laugh, right, right right well that's uh taking him off the Take- was as creepy and as fitting as as i've heard on the on the big screen yep. how quickly it starts and how quickly it stops um, I do want to point out, you know, some people were talking about this because I was after I heard this, I went and listened to other people talk about because I wanted to see if my my views were validated. And they said that his physical acting was above everything else because the way he moved his body, his little dances, his um, eye movement and lip movement and everything else. He put a lot of you could turn it off and still see what's going on very well. Um, his actions were just so Almost, they compared it because they had that Charlie Chaplin picture in the middle, and back to the silent films where you had to be that expressive, and he was really that expressive. So, I mean, yes. I mean, comparatively, you know, you gotta sit there and go, "This was really good. He did this great." Yes. Now comes the fun part. <laughs> we like all these things. Now the question is, was it a good movie? Hmm. I will. Uh. S- Go for it, man, because this, yeah. is, this, this is this this is tough. This is tough because it 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 was a good movie per se. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I I I think it was, but it was a different kind of movie than what we've seen before because it kind of left you going. You kind of sat through it 
and it was not a happy experience. It was no. not a good experience. I would have to say that I did not leave there going, oh, man, I can't wait to see this one again. Right. I left there going, I don't want to see this one again. <laughs> and it's not because it was one of the one of the bad movies that you go, oh, boy, I, there's no way I'm going to see yeah. this movie again. But it was just, it left you kind of icky. Yeah. And that's kind of where I left, too. It's because you're sitting there going, okay, was it a good movie? Yes. Did I enjoy it? No. And the whole point of the movie, and when you got to the end, it was designed to make you uncomfortable. Because the movie starts out with him as a poor, struggling, you know, clown, and he gets beat up, and instantly he he gets just beat up brutally by, you know, some ruffian kids, and then he gets threatened to lose his job, and he's going to a social worker trying to do good things, and he's just struggling, and he got some mom that's struggling. So it's really a downer beginning. It's not like, let's get ready for the adventure, kids. Uh, but then, you know, he makes this whole transformation arc into the Joker towards the end. And it just, every moment, there were places that made you very uncomfortable. And I think the most uncomfortable scene for us, we talked about this afterwards, but I could think in the movie theater we were both very uncomfortable, was earlier in the film, it depicted him having a relationship with one of his neighbors. And, you know, she was going around with them, they were going out to eat, and they are having a good time. And you're like, oh, that's nice, they have a relationship. Well, then he has a break and has an issue, and then he goes to see her, and he sits in her room, and she comes out like, hey, who are you? What are you doing in here? So you knew something wasn't real, but then you also sit there and go, oh, this could turn bad. And we both talked about the whole her and her kid. We're glad nothing happened to her, but there could have been an area where he could have went bad quickly. And I remember just sitting there, the music and everything just made us sit there and go, okay, this could be bad. This, don't do this. Don't do this to me now. Don't, don't, don't. And I thought, you know, it was handled perfectly. It, that's, that scene was designed to make you uncomfortable, and it did. And there was a few other through the entire movie that made the same kind of uncomfortable feelings of that. You know, please don't do this. And then a few times he does, and a few times he doesn't. Like, uh, there was a scene where he met Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And... He's manipulating the kid's face, sticking his fingers in his mouth through a, you know, a fence. And you're like, who would do this and who would let them do this? So it was just creepy, the whole thing. Then, you know, then there was the violence. You know, he there's only like five or six murders in the whole thing that we know of. Correct. See, see the the great thing. Uh, about the directing of this is that it really established uh, uh, established that that Jaws type feel to it at times um, because you know that there was you know that that the neighbor and the daughter may not have survived but thank goodness the director let us wonder. Right. Did and they make it? Did they not make it? Did he do anything to him? We don't know. Well, the next, well, okay, true, because the next scene, he gets up and gets up, but then they see him walking down the hall with the yeah. Joker grin. So, yes, he could have. Yeah. Yeah, but once again, some of us were like, oh, thank God he didn't. Yeah. Um, then there's the same thing. Um, uh, there was the he had some clown buddies come visit him after he found out his mother died, um, which that was also brutal because he killed his mother with a slight grin on his face. 
very psycho-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his buddies came over to help him through his moments, and he killed the big guy and left the little person alive, which the violence was violent, but then the comedy of trying, he let the little guy go, but the guy couldn't get out, had to unlock the door for him. It was supposed to be really funny, but it was just creepy because we were sitting there going, is he going to like open the door and then kill him? But he let the guy out, and it was just bizarre. It was bizarre because he kissed him on his head. And oh, then yes, I out. forgot that. Oh, yeah. It what? just was bizarre. Uh, and very creepy. I mean, this was not a movie that that you laughed at at, no. at all. Even when they were trying to add some comedy to it, it just uh, it just wasn't. Right. Just didn't didn't uh, didn't deliver. Well, because every time there was a comic bit, there was something either brutal or brutally sad within right. a moment. And then the biggest question is, because with the girlfriend and a few other things, a lot of it we spent in his head. So the question is, how much of this was real? Because this brings us kind of to the end. Because um, at the end of the movie, so he goes on the Tonight Show with De Niro, comes out as the Joker. We've seen the trailer. You saw that. And he's sitting there and the he goes into almost a Heath Ledger like rant about, you know, you don't see me all in here to make fun of you. No one sees me, that type of stuff. And then he does, you know, blow the guy away on television <laughs> and, and just sits there and he became the Joker at that point. And then he goes to the camera. He talks to the camera, they cut feed and then they show him getting tackled and he ends up in a cop car, which is probably the biggest direct homage to Dark Knight Returns, where Heath Ledger's head is hanging out of the cop car. But instead of being free, he's being taken away. And we don't know if this is all true or not, because the whole movie ends with him surrounded by his Joker followers. And then he's talking to his therapist again in prison and in the Arkham uh, Hospital. Yes. Is it, was this a real, was this real or just a flight of fantasy in his little head? Because he said, you wouldn't get it. When she asked, what's so funny? He goes, ah, you wouldn't get it. And then that life kicks in. Right. And, you know, it's really a fascinating ending because, I mean, as he's going down the hallway, um, running, Mm -hmm. there was, um, bloody footprints mm-hmm. left behind so again the directors you know left you wondering did you just kill his therapist yep did yep. he you know what wh- where is this coming from and he's running down the hall being chased yep and that's how the movie ends <laughs> with the with the song that was playing through the whole thing that's life yep um so i don't know I, Part of me thinks that's the way they can sit there and go, hey, this isn't a Joker movie. It's just a Joker movie. It's not the Joker movie. And be, be able to have their cake and eat it, too. So they can sit there and go, well, this isn't canon. This isn't true canon. So I don't know. But I think this is a kind of way for them to kind of cop yeah. out on it. Right. Now, um, definitely, definitely, I, I would put it in a category of a good movie. It just left us or left me not wanting to go see it again uh great performance 
by Joaquin Phoenix dares to ask the question, which is a better Joker, Joaquin or Heath Ledger? Now, the question the question comes down to which Joker are you looking for? Correct. Because yeah. Heath Ledger Joker still wasn't comic book Joker. Heath Ledger Joker was Heath Ledger Joker. Right. You know, he was Chaos Incarnate, you know, the you know, the why do I have these scars and his mannerisms, his uh, uh, do you want to see his pencil disappear trick? You know, the swings of violence and normalcy and all that fun stuff where this one was working his way up to that. Some people call this proto Joker and that's super refined Joker. You know, I think many of us find our Jokers kind of in the middle mm-hmm. in our heads. Um do I think this performance is worthy of the Heath to put compared to Heath Ledger? Yes. Um, do I prefer one or the other? The answer is still Mark Hamill. Yes. Um, but that's just, <laughs> I, I know we're cheating. I know we're cheating, but I'm just saying, I don't hear Joaquin Phoenix in my head when I read comics. I don't hear Heath Ledger when I read comics. I hear Mark Hamill when I read comics. Me too. Some I, sometimes I see 1970s Batman, which is kind of a derivation of the Hamill Batman. Uh, Cesar Romero, Batman mm-hmm. that is, uh, uh, Joker. But that's what I'm looking for for my Joker. That's Those are my favorite Joker stories are on that side. Um, and the, the other two, Ledger and Joaquin, are to the sides of that. And that's what I would say. So I will cheat and say Mark Hamill, but I do think he needs to be ha- in this discussion. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, when, when I read The Joker, I hear Mark Hamill. I mean, we're... I grew up on Mark Hamill yeah. being Batman in animated series. I do not really see Caesar Romero when right. I or hear him when I read. It's pretty much purely Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not hear Heath Ledger or Jack Nicholson or or any of that. No, but um, I, I think all three, all four of those Jokers are, like you said, different Jokers. I mean, they are different. Um, and each one has things that they do way better than the other one. Correct. And that's, um, and that set them apart. But I would have to agree, not that I'm trying to do a cop out either, um, but it's, it's Mark Hamill. Yep. The only other thing that we haven't touched upon that I know we should probably address is the Batman situation. Um, after Joker has a big story that he thinks he's Bruce Wayne's brother or, you know, st- you know uh, related to Br- the Waynes. His mom had an affair with Thomas Wayne. And so he went to go find them and he interacts with them. So this got me worried at that point that we're going to have him kill them and become the Joker that way. And for purists, we know that he didn't kill his parents. And so I was worried that like, Oh dear, he's, we're going to make him do that. And we're going to do this and have a, you know, because of this, we get this, we get the Batman. But in the period where he was on television, the the Joker people, the poor people, decided to rebel against the rich, and then um, another random criminal shoots them. When they left the Mascazoro, um movie and went down the 
Ali, I'm like, we don't have to show this. We know this. We've seen it in like three or four movies, haven't we? Or something like oh, that. Oh, at least. Yeah, and so I was sitting there going, we don't have to see it. Just have the guy walk down there, gunshots, and we know we can fill in the gaps. I guess some people need to have it explained out again, but if you're going to this movie, you should kind of have an idea already. So I was okay with another criminal. I preferred that they didn't go down that path. That's kind of my two takes on that. Yeah, um, I I can't disagree with that. I mean, we 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 have seen seen it. I I don't know how many times, several times. I I was glad that if they were going to go down that path, at least it, they didn't spend ten fifteen minutes going down that yeah. path. It was very quick, to the point, done, leave. Yep. But still, I would have been perfectly fine if they would have done. You know, have the criminal walk down the alley, camera span, spans out, hear the two gunshots, and then him leave, and that's it. That that would have been perfect. I mean, we, we know what happened. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to see it to believe it. You just know that it happened. So I think our consensus is if this is something up your alley, go see it. Be prepared. Um, this might be a good, you know, renter, sit on a couch, eat popcorn, take a break in between events you know cuddle on a couch type thing but for the most part it's kind of up there with logan for me where you're like oh, i was good i don't need to see it again right and um we, we were just reading before we got on this has made over 200 million in the first couple of weeks um people are like joker 2 and it's like no you don't <laughs> need it i don't know what you do with it uh, i think this is a one and done walk away take your money absolutely if they sat there and they tried to reap more from this they're they're all they're doing is just doing a disservice to the character to the comic book people to pretty much pretty yeah. much the movie industry take your money run make something else yep into a sequel we don't need a sequel to the joker right i mean if you want to do a, a riddler one go ahead oh and a uh, quick note before we're on uh before we get a break here um last the last night on Saturday Night Live, they did um, the Oscar, Sesame Street Oscar, his origin story based on the Joker. Mm-hmm. So they had the whole bit with, you know, this is how he became the Grouch. <laughs> Peep it on the internet, folks. It's pretty entertaining. The Transformers <laughs> will return after these messages. <laughs> 